Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cloud Wars Live, where we explore today's digital revolution by speaking with business executives and thought leaders who are changing how the world lives, works, plays, learns, and dreams. Today's episode is another in our series of the Cloud Wars Top 10 Executive Insights. And today we're featuring Workday, which is number eight on the Cloud Wars Top 10. And our guest is Leanne Levensailer, who's Senior Vice President of Corporate Strategy for Workday. Leanne, thanks so much for being here and welcome. Well, thank you, Bob. It's a pleasure to be here. Great. So lots going on at your company these days, right? And you recently reported some, you know, terrific results for the quarter. Your product line's expanding. Uh, customers seem to love what Workday's doing. Tell us a little bit about how you see the market these days and how Workday's differentiating itself. Well, absolutely. Yes. Thank you. Um, we are having a great time as well. It's, it's, a, it's really enjoyable. I've been at Workday just coming up on 10 years now. And uh, it's always interesting, always exciting. You know, we're really helping our customers plan, execute, analyze their business all in one solution. And it's an incredible market opportunity for us. Uh, but more importantly, uh, it's essential for customers to be able to have this kind of agility and operational efficiency as they, you know, really get after the digital transformation efforts that they have on their plate. And so I feel like, you know, from our solution and listening to customers, we're really well suited to, to help them. And, and that makes for exciting times. Leanne, so you mentioned that sort of uh, three-part promise there of plan, execute, and analyze. Um, is that something that's relatively new for Workday? You've sort of pulled together pieces, or is this a, a long-time benefit of what Workday's done? I think a, a little bit of both, Bob, and as you know, just you know, from our heritage, you know, we're always putting people at the center of enterprise software. And, you know, about the time we started HCM, not there long after we started, you know, uh, working on financial management, very large solution set, a um, lot of investment, both in HCM and financial management. And then a few years ago, really spent time focused on the planning aspects of it to complete this, this picture of how we see, you know, the infrastructure that's needed for businesses to run in the modern era. And um, you know, we made a, a significant acquisition about a year ago with Adaptive Insights. And in that way, we're able to fully deliver on this value proposition and this vision for our customers with a plan to execute and they analyze. Uh, I failed to mention Prism Analytics, which, which came online a few years ago for us as well. There was a there were some big numbers associated with Prism, I think, from your earnings report as well, right? 70%? 80% growth, yes. You know, customers, if you think about running your business, you know, you want to analyze not only your people and your financial information, but in the context of your operational data and bringing that data that is not generated from Workday, but absolutely essential to deliver the management insights, the operational uh, reporting that you need to do, and, and truly to have, you know, richer analytic experiences you need that data from other systems. And it, it's not easy to, to bring that in. It's, it's just not about you know, doing a, a, an integration. There's a lot of data preparation and understanding of the semantic layer of, the, of that data that you're working with. So we've invested heavily in Prism Analytics and we continue to invest heavily in analytics. And it's resonating with our customers. They're adopting it um, to achieve the, the you know, experience um, that I just outlined. Yeah. And Leanne, two things I wanted to check in with you on about this. So one is you mentioned adaptive insights, and it seems like 
you know, that's gone about as well as an acquisition can go these days. The complementary notion of you help a workday helping adaptive insights move into bigger accounts and adaptive insights giving to workday a richer and very complete set of planning tools. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think it all starts with the fit, the culture fit too. Um, acquisitions, uh, sure, there's a lot of technology involved and you know, we're well on our way to making good on our promise of make, making adaptive insight part of the power of one, which has been a longstanding commitment we've had to our customers with our solution offering. Technology is incredibly important, but um, really our first filter and the most important filter for us is the cultural fit. And, what we, and that's really what has made the acquisition successful, is the ability to integrate our teams, um, to have a shared sense of truth about the way we take care of our employees, the way we take our employees take care of our customers, our commitment to integrity in all our business actions. And that's interesting you bring that up, Leanne, because certainly that, uh, Neil, every uh, mention of it on their earnings calls, he talks about a great cultural fit and mm -hmm. the fact that he knew Tom Bogan for years before yeah. that's so there was a comfort in it, uh, you know, a, a very natural feeling like this is the best way, not just for the two companies involved, but as, as you've said, for the customers, it fits in with our, uh, pretty much exactly what they need at this point. Yeah, I mean, we were um, incredibly impressed with the sophistication of the planning offering, you know, in terms of modeling. Um, and, and really the design point around democratizing planning, making it more continuous, more collaborative, um, which is exactly you know, the strategic pursuit that we were on. And so being able to take this you know, amazing company, great culture, wonderful customers, that was you know, meeting complementary from a technology perspective, but also complementary from the way we saw the way planning needed to be in the organizations, what was, you know, the legacy providers just simply couldn't do. So, so that has been a wonderful union of the companies. Um, and, but there are a lot of work. As you know, acquisitions, they're not for the faint of heart, right? And, and if you don't have the right, if you don't start from the right cultural point, if you don't start from a human point, they're just not going to work despite all the other synergies. Yeah. And so, um, you know, important for us, important filter for us as we contemplate future, future opportunities as well. Yeah, there's um, the CEO of a company that was recently acquired by another big um, technology firm. I was speaking with him recently and he said, it's great to get the benefits of this larger company, but you don't want to get hugged to death. Yes, that's <laughs> <laughs> a very good way of putting it. Um, and I think of just being protective and in many ways, we're continuing on the adaptive business. The, the standalone, you know, selling motion is strong. Um, we reported that this quarter, um, but we're also getting the synergies of selling into large enterprise customers, um, this planning both to full platform customers, customers that are selecting Workday for financials and human capital management, and now adding planning as well as add on to our existing customers, our customer base that we have, which is, you know, you know, 2,700 strong at this point. Those are, um, it's no small feat and our teams are doing really well working, to, working together on that. So Leanne, you know, there's some great stuff there with the, the planning, with what you're doing with the analytics. And then I thought it was fascinating. I think it was six months ago, maybe three months ago, but for the first time, Anil was talking about how some of your customers are leading with the acquisition of financials rather mm -hmm. than it being a, a, a follow on to you know, your flagship HR products. So that's got to be pretty interesting for you as a company, which sort of came into the world and really made your name 
over on the HR side. Yeah, I think that just really points to the strength of the financial management solution. Of, of course, you know, we're reaching this sort of escape velocity at this point where there's not only just, uh, frankly, all the features that need to be there for the industries we serve, right? You know, we are we're very sincere on focus on our industry play. You know, there's this, you know, robust capability, but also coupling with that with our analytic environments. Um, and, you know, if you're a CFO and you're looking to advance the state of the art in your organization, you're looking for putting more information in the hands of everyone in the organization to make better decisions, do better planning, to be better financial stewards of the resources that they're trusting to you. So we've reached this place where perhaps they're not ready to take their HR decision, um, but they absolutely have, you know, the office of the CFO has this need and, and it's really gonna help propel them and their business going forward. Now we like our odds, um, when someone selects financial management to get the HCM business, since uh, we serve services intensive, people intensive businesses, we, we like those odds. But you know, initiatives don't always line up in companies at the same time. You know, you don't always have the right budget cycles for things or just, um, you know, the, depending on what else is going on in the business. So, but really our ambition, just getting back to the core of the, what we're after is to help companies plan, execute, analyze all in one solution because we believe that that's just how, um, it's, that's what's necessary to be agile in the future, um, you know, as these technology cycles shorten and shorten and competitive uh, climate is in such great flux, companies need to be as responsive as possible. And if you have a disconnected, fragmented environment, you know, from a, a technology perspective, from a data perspective, you know, you're really, you're really behind. Yeah. So. Yeah, and these days uh, in any marketplace, being behind is a, not a good spot to be in, right? I think is listening to uh, how you described that, right? especially the office of the CFO and some of the challenges they're trying to, to deal with here. It's not just doing what they used to do a little bit faster, a little bit less expensively, right? It's, it's a whole, how do they see forward and prepare for what's coming and allocate the resources properly? So Leanne, if the CFOs partly, you know, evidenced by the success you folks are having. If CFOs are more comfortable with the cloud, are they in some ways like the last um, holdouts for flipping over to the cloud? Uh, in an organization? You know, I don't know. I think there's sensitivity both in, in different, off, you know, different functional areas within, the, uh, within a company, but also industry, right? And, and, and I think that you know, the, the intersection of those two makes for interesting projections as, as we look out for market penetration and opportunity. I'm in the business and corporate strategy of finding where we're going to get our growth from, right? You know, along with many others, but, you know, that's our, our remit and corporate strategy is to look for investments on the frontier. Um, how are we going to grow and how are we going to continue to add more value to our customers' experience? And so I would say we have a sensitivity kind of... Um, if you will, uh, knob on certain industries and, and certain um, functional leaders on their readiness to accept cloud. Leanne, is there anything, since you, you brought that up about, you know, your role with corporate strategy and future growth, anything broadly you can say about that? Well, I think, you know, and Neil has said it in the past, and I think, I think you've even written about it, we are, are very much focused on synergistically investing to help our customers you know, achieve the objectives to support their digital transformation and to support their growing their businesses and maintaining, you know, a high quality workforce and ready workforce. And so to that end, we still got a lot of opportunity 
within the total addressable market, the $80 billion total addressable market that we, we are in and with the buyers that we serve today. And so I characterize the investments that, that we think about both in rounding out our solution offering. Um, we have a very broad and rich portfolio of offering, but we don't do everything today. Mm -hmm. uh, we will never do everything, right. but certainly more things we want to get after right within our strike zone that are that are very obvious um, but doing them in an innovative way how we've approached everything at Workday you know listening to the customers taking the best of modern technology applying it doing better you know obviously there's still geographic expansion we're in most of the major markets today but there are other geographic ge geographies that we can we can look to grow into uh, industry <clears throat> penetration but then, you know, at our best, the work that we're doing is the non-obvious, which is because we have a single, you know, unified solution across HCM planning, financial management, analytics, what are the unique opportunities that we can, um, you know, kind of, we, we can really seek and deliver on for our customers that are not possible if you're just looking at a functional orientation or maybe the, the way we've always organized. And so that's where I feel like we, we are doing our most innovative work at the moment in corporate strategy. And so you'll see, you'll start to see the fruit of that. Um, some of the things that we've already announced that we're investing significantly in are our machine learning. Yeah. Um, and we've been after this for gosh, over three years now, um, really sewing in machine learning into the fabric or foundation of Workday so that every feature set um, you know, can be made more relevant, more personalized, you know, use more predictions, more recommendations. And then it's not just one feature kind of getting some machine learning algorithms applied. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of reasons. Leverage is one that you do it that way. Um, but the other way, the other reason that we thought it was absolutely essential to make those deep capital intensive investments into the foundation, because it's just the, this machine learning is the way that people are going to be act, interacting with systems in the future. All systems. It is the, the expectation that, you know, we have now because of the consumer world, and that's how the consumer world engages with us. That's true for the enterprise as well. And it's not just on one feature. It is pervasive. It, you expect to be informed and influenced at every turn. You would just expect that. Um, so we need to make that investment. And we think we have a unique advantage in that we have one source of reliable and accurate data with Workday, the way we've architected our solution from the very beginning, 14 years ago, from the very beginning of our company, um, that that information not only serves one feature, but the, under, the experience and the feedback loop you get from interacting with that feature then able, is able to work across all features. So you truly get a really interesting um, synergy and a really uh, thoughtful experience uh, across the, and then consistent across the application. So machine learning, big investment um, that we've been making and will continue to be making. Um, and then we also announced a year plus ago that we opened up our platform. Yep. And so we've been working with our customers, um, so our customers to extend um, their workday experience to meet some of their unique needs, um, to be able to um, better bring together multiple, they have a multi-cloud multi environment in terms of applications uh, and services, and how do we use workday as a, a, a central point to bring experiences together for their workers. And so we're having um, great fun and great success success there. We're still early days. We're opening up all our APIs and it's going to take a while to sort of canvas 
all of our application with that to make them accessible for that kind of development. So we're in limited general availability, but we have you know almost 100 customers that are um, building and um, doing interesting things on our platform. So those are two big investment areas that um, they're, they're force multipliers in and of themselves. So they're not a product and a feature. They unlock a tremendous amount of potential. So, um, you know, just in, you know, in summary, we're doing the obvious things that you need to do to grow your business. And then we're leveraging the 14 years of a beautiful architecture to create new opportunities for our customers. I'd like to come back to the platform in a second, but what you mentioned about machine learning, was that a difficult decision inside the company because it, it seems like there would have been perhaps a, a temptation to go in an option that says well if we sort of slap a little bit on over here over there we can get this out more quickly it won't be as expensive but ultimately you folks said now we have to get this as you described it sewed in at the deepest level and really have that be consistent across the board was there any discussion early on about a, a trade-off there oh of course Absolutely. Um, but I would say um, those discussions happen about any technology change, and we have never taken the other path. We have always taken the harder, longer road because we know that if you take the long view, and these are long-term relationships we're establishing with our customers, and they expect us to continuously innovate. And we are not managing for the quarter. We are not managing for the year we are managing for you know, generations with our customers. And so it's easy. You know, there's a t always a temptation. How quickly can we get this out? Can we be first to market? Can we do this? But can we do it the right way? Is, and we always landed there at work day. Now, I know that frustrates some people on the outside, like, why aren't you going, you know, doing this? And, you know, we know what we're doing. Um, we're, 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 we're building it the right way for the long haul. And, and now what you're seeing is three and a half years of labor and you're starting to see the fruit. Um, already capabilities around, you know, just helping with the finance professional with auditing and not waiting till period close to do, you know, put a bunch of analysts to figure out where are the anomalies, but seeing, seeing them surface continuously or helping people connect with careers and helping them understand logical career paths in an organization. You already see that in our product today, but what you're about to see over the next year is just you, you know, a ubiquitous approach to a personalized, relevant experience of delivering predictions at every turn for you. And that is the benefit of taking the, the, the long view. Yeah, yeah. Right. no shortcuts. No shortcuts, there's no shortcuts in life, right? <laughs> yeah, they, they don't get you where you wanna go, yeah. right? So Leanne, with the platform, and as you described it, um, it sounds like, you know, there's a point in the company's history when it was uh, through, through the company's arc that it was just, this is the right time for it. And you mentioned the multi-cloud issue there coming up. And that's, that's so vital these days. What are you hearing from customers about, you say, you know, we love you, we're going to use lots of workday here and there, but the reality is we've got these other things going on. Um, is, was that a big force behind the platform move? I think um, one of the most, it's, we've been getting the, the pressure to open up our platform for quite some time because it's it, particularly from our customers. So 
setting aside analyst for just one moment. Yeah. Our customers, once they start working with us as design partners and they start seeing the utility of our business process framework and our security model and our business objects, they're like, oh, wow, if I could get my hands on this, I could just build this thing that I want, right? Rather than you know having to use something else. So our customers started asking us in earnest quite a bit um, through our design partnership programs. And that, that was an important, um, you know, those are important conversations. But when we started doing some of the work um, in understanding how companies are pulling together their heterogeneous cloud environment to create more compelling experience for their employees, for their managers, their multi-level managers, and, and their you know, functional experts, you know, it's a reality they have hundreds thousands of cloud applications now, right? In a large multinational organization, you will have thousands of cloud applications. And they all touch people. And we're at, at the core, we're people, we put people at the center. And so if you wanna help people do their jobs better, if you wanna help them get across a journey that transcends multiple applications in your environment, you've gotta open up your platform and start to embrace these other, you know, these other services, these other applications in a meaningful way. Because we're, we're never going to be thousands of applications, nor do we have ambitions to do that. Um, but we do have ambitions to serve our customers. And so I would say a very strong um, push to open up our platform was to help our customers solve for the experience. Leanne, you know, that's interesting you mentioned that as well, because I think it was uh, yesterday or two days ago on the Salesforce earnings call, both Mark Benioff and Keith Block talked about, they said CEOs today, their number one priority is growth and number one A is their employees and the employee experience that they're undertaking. So even in a company that is not in the HR space or HCM space, Salesforce was articulating this in a way that said, are there things that Salesforce can do to help the reskilling and, and allocation of you know, new knowledge and capabilities there. So it seems to be what you were describing, this employee experience thing, is it finally sort of rising up to a level that it should be? Yeah, and it's, employee experience is not an HR topic. Let's yeah. say, you know, and I have a rich heritage in HR. It's not an HR topic. Employee experience is how do you do your work? Right? How do you get your work done? How do you help the company? Do you have the right information? Do you have questions answered that you need answered? Do you, you know, are you empowered? Right? That's the total employee experience. And I think anybody who's offering technology to businesses today, to enterprises today, this is paramount. This is of utmost importance. So it's not surprising that you hear, you know, executives at other organizations talking about that, the primacy of that. Couple other things, Leanne, I want to check in with you on. One is, um, I, you know, 2,700 customers, you said at Workday now. So there, there's lots of them. I'm sure you love them all. Are there a couple of examples that you can share about people doing some particularly uh, progressive, forward looking, you know, innovative things today? Yeah, well, every day, um, every day, customers. And, and I feel like everyone's like, wow, 10 years, that's a long ride. And I said, we have the best customers. Culture, we have the best culture first, they stay for culture. Uh, every day I'm so motivated by what our customers are doing and, and, and frankly surprised at some of the things they're doing. You know, a, a restaurant that I frequent because I have small children is Panera. <laughs> so I like to talk about Panera a lot because I actually experience Panera a lot. And, you know, Panera went through a pretty significant digital transformation. And if you, if you do eat there a lot, um, you get to see just how much self-service you have, how much empowerment you have over 
both their loyalty program, but also the ordering process and the, you know, that I know you, I know what you ordered the last time and I know the proclivities of your six-year-old son and how he likes his sandwich and you know how important that is. And I, it's just a beautiful experience. Well, they wanted to offer that same experience that they're offering to their customers to their employees. And, and they have a younger population, skew younger, obviously, and they're mobile only, not mobile first, they are mobile only. So I love what Panera is doing is they, they offer Workday with their, through the mobile solution to both their employees and their, and, and their um, you know, store managers um, and empower them with all the information they need. They, you know, they rolled out our mobile um, application and before they even had time to do all the promotions and announcements, 40% of their workers had already downloaded. Really? It's, it's logical. I, you know, at a restaurant, let me download the app. I go to the same movie theater, I download the app. I go to work, I download the app. What if the app's not there? And what if the app is lame? Ours is not. They use it. They're, they're very happy with it. And they've also, that's the way they recruit too, is mobile. So they've also seen a great uptick in their talent pipeline because now they can do this mobile recruiting. And so I just, I think that they're um, a story that can resonate with everyone because we eat there and we see how digital has changed that experience and, and their employees are having the same experience their customers are having now. Yeah, so. uh, Leanne, I, I wanna share with you quickly, uh, uh, a workday customer story that I experienced. This is probably 12 years ago, but I was working at a magazine and Workday was one of the sponsors of the conference that we had. And one of the parts of that was you got a, a session there and there were overflow crowd, probably 70 or 80 people in a room for 50 uh, to see the Workday presentation. And Workday had four customers, no executives. And somebody came in late to the event and at one point raised his hand and said, well, you know, you got all these workday executives up here. Sure, they're going to praise the the products to you know hell and back. And I said, these are customers. They're yeah. they're not workday employees. And the guy was completely shocked that it was one of the first cases I had heard of uh, or seen of this sort of uh, customers as zealots and evangelists. So uh, the company's grown phenomenally mm -hmm. since then. But that ability to keep that ethos and to keep that that mm -hmm. close at close to your heart. Uh, it's got to be very difficult now for a company that's, you know, on its way, likely to its first billion dollar quarter, $50 billion market cap, 11,000 employees. It'd be easy to lose that. How do you keep that workday uh, culture and philosophy at the center of everything you do? Most important values to take good care of our employees. They are absolutely going to take great care of customers, every single one of them. And if you work with your customers and you really enter in deep partnership and try to understand their, their pain, you know, celebrate their successes, then you're gonna to innovate together. So, you know, that is actually what keeps, it's this virtuous cycle. They really, you know, really focus on your employees and, and creating the best possible work environment where they can have a, a fantastic career, a vibrant career and grow with you. I mean, I've had like, I don't know, six jobs at Workday. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous, but you have so many opportunities. Uh, now I'm a venture capitalist. Who knew? Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm a product person. But you, you see, you just get a lot of opportunity here. But if you take good care of your employees, then the customer stuff, it, it, that's what they, we hire people that, that want to solve customer problems. Mm -hmm. And so you've got now 11,000 people that care about doing that. You know, when I started, we were a couple hundred people. Okay. Now we have, we have, you know, troops and legions of people and then ecosystem and alumni now out there in companies. 
And so I think it's a, it's a simple, beautiful recipe that our founders put in front of us that said, these are our values. You know, Technology is going to change, right? Business problems are going to change. Regulatory environment is going to change. That's all going to change constantly. This, this is our true north. This is our, our most important thing we need to focus on. And everything else will sort itself out. Yeah. And that's how we do it. So it's pretty simple. Yeah, and Leanne, a minute ago you mentioned the, the ecosystem. And, you know, we see a lot of discussion from uh, Workday executives about the, your partners. Mm -hmm. What's going on on that part of your business? Well, I'm not the expert on our partners. I, I will say that for, for today's call. Um, but we enjoy, you know, close relationships as it pertains to strategy and products, which is kind of my, you know, zone of influence at Workday. We enjoy rich, partner, rich and deep partnerships with those partners. We learn a lot from, you know, not only what are they seeing in terms of the, the future of business and future of work, but also what they learn on our deployments from our customers. And so they have an ability to aggregate and distill that information down into themes that are easily consumable by us. So we use them as a, a keen input into strategy, in addition to talking directly with customers. So I would say that uh, growing ecosystem always, uh, it's a dynamic ecosystem. We ask them to learn a lot about us because we're, you know, this last feature release Workday 32 had 500 features across our portfolio. And they need to be they're the people that work as part of those uh, professional services teams need to be certified on our latest version of Workday to be able to touch it. Um, so we ask a lot of them, yeah. and so it's incumbent upon us to be in deep partnership with enabling them um, because they really are part of this broader ecosystem play for us. So exciting, from my perspective, exciting um, engagement point for us. All right. And the last thing, Leanne, wanted to check in with you on is the competitive landscape. How do you see that today, and uh, where do you see this developing over the next year or so? Well, um, you know, we obviously are paying in strategy land. It's our job to pay attention to the competitive landscape. Um, but I would say as an input, just along with the many other inputs into our process. And I, obviously we have our usual competitors, the usual suspects. Um, but we spend a lot of time looking at big tech we, and what they're doing in this area and how the world of work is changing. Um, we spend a lot of time looking at disruptive forces and players that are getting after some of those technologies that that could be changing um, the way we offer our service. Um, so we look at from that lens. And then I mentioned briefly that you know, I'm doing Workday Ventures now. Um, and you know, we're looking at where you know, some really early stage innovative companies that are complementary to Workday, they're getting after problems that are attractive to our customers. How can we you know, invest in them, partner with them, help connect them with our customers, learn from those experiences. So, you know, we see the competitive landscape as exciting, uh, opportunities to learn from for us, and not static. It's the same old, same old competitors aren't really where we spend the lion's share of our time in strategy land. Now, deal by deal, they're in battle, right? They are in battle. Strategy land, our aperture is wide. Yeah. So, Leanne, before we close out, anything that you wanted to add? Anything we haven't touched on? No, I mean, I appreciate the, as I, I shared at the beginning, the resource that you're providing um, to, to the broader, broader market here. I think trying to understand what makes companies tick, you know, how they think about the problems that they're solving and their customers and their employees. And so, you know, I just want to thank you for creating this resource. Well, Leanne, thank you for that. I'll tell you just along those lines, you know, I am uh, 
I've been around long enough to remember when companies would say, well, we've just, uh, we've started to roll out our new seven-year plan or a 10-year plan. And, you know, man, some of them stuck to that. But the notion that in today's world, you would follow something that you tried to predict seven or five, 10 years ago, it's just so outlandish. So the pace at which things are moving is so extraordinary that the new value that the leading companies are starting to open up and create here, the new futures they're creating for themselves, their employees and their customers. I just think if you can't get interested and excited about this business, you know, you might want to check to see if you have a pulse. So yeah. I, I, I've enjoyed it immensely and getting to talk to folks like you, a deeper understanding of what some of these, these great tech companies are doing has been a lot of fun. So thank you very much for your time today. Thank you for the opportunity. It's been an honor and pleasure. Well, thank you. And I'd also want to be sure to thank the audience for spending time with us here and with Leanne Levin-Sailor, who's the Senior VP of Corporate Strategy at Workday, talking about some of the great things Workday is currently doing and looking ahead to in the future. So Leanne, thanks a lot. Hope we'll see all you folks again next time.